You're listening to the We Speak Common Podcast Network. For more information and to support the show, head to wespeakcommon.com. This week, we're talking about canon, whether it's for a setting, an adventure, or a homebrew world. What is it? Should you stick from it? How do you deviate? And how do you fix it? Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the D&D podcast for everyone because here we speak common. This is the show brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon, your one-stop shop for all things metal, resin and glass as well. Uh, clanky Mafrox, dice, things you need to play, tabletop RPGs. If you want to go and have a look at their wonderful collection and add them to your own, then head to the description of this episode, go and have a look at their catalogue and use the code we speak common at checkout to get yourself a wonderful 10% off your entire order. They also sell other things on there too, like books and dice rolling trays and, and all that good stuff. So so go and have a go and have a good peruse. We're also brought to you in partnership with Describe, spelled D-S-C-R-Y-B. Describe is the place to go if you are not very good at well, describing things. They've got professional creative writers doing all the hard work for you, writing box texts for you to use in any game, whether it's homebrew or published adventure, for scenes of places, monsters, uh, creatures, magic, spells being cast, things to use as a player, things to use as a DM. There's 500 scenes that you can use for free right now by following the link in the description below. And if you want to get access to over 9,500 scenes and growing, then you can subscribe to Describe and get 10% off every single month for the first two years that your subscription is actually by using the code COMMON at checkout. We'll talk about our wonderful partners at some point during this episode, but right now, back from the land beyond great time, it's Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi. Are you, are you implying I'm like really old there or something? Or what's the... I was trying to go for more of a cosmic right. horror vibe because that's oh. kind of your thing. Well, but... I do have my, if I place my head directly here on the camera. Now, audience home, you can't see this, but I yeah, the, have a beholder yeah, behind me, which looks like you, an eldritch. You've done the, you've done the cardinal thing there of, of making a visual joke in an audio-based platform. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to say you are you are ancient and evil, but I mean, mm. yeah, you're right. You are kind of ancient too. So. Yeah, thanks. How's that? That's it. I'm in the thirties now. That's it. It's game over. How are your knees? My knees terrible. I was in a car accident. No. They they are in tires. Oh, I was I was making an age joke. <laughs> yeah, not, no, uh, that you've no, actually, no, my knees would have been fine. <laughs> now I just sound like a dickhead. Okay. Yeah, well, there we go. Uh, well, I mean, the, the you shoe know. fits. Yep, there we go. <laughs> um, how are you? What's going on? I'm okay. I'm all right. How are you? Oh god, that sounded very far <laughs> down. I'm, I'm, I'm all okay. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm all right too. Um, I'm okay. We haven't played D and D for like two I'm, weeks. I'm, I think that's half the problem. Is like I need D and D. Well, it's okay because we're gonna play later. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to love it. I'm excited. We're gonna do a little I, little bit of spell jammer one shot. Yeah, we are. I, I forgot to tell you this. I should probably tell you this before. Um, we go into this. I'm playing a mad scientist character. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, who is a alchemist and a wild uh, magic sorcerer. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Great. Mm. Oh, God, you are an absolute... Mm-hmm. Um, you like to break things, don't you? Yes, you play, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. It's going to be very hard. I mean, you won't live, but we'll, we'll no, see No, probably not. I'm, I'm a... Dreadfully weak character. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. What am I doing? I'm very good. I'm very well. I've had one of those days. I did a thing last night. I didn't get to bed till like one in the morning because mm-hmm. um, I'm a child, and I decided to write myself a letter for the morning. Uh, that okay. was like, hi, future Ben, here's what you're going to do. Have a glass of water, go to the gym, come back, have a shave, have a shower, yep. clean the flat, go do your shop, come back. Like it was like a full on like, hey, here's what you're doing today. Because yeah. I knew I'd wake up late and I knew I'd get up, a, get out of bed and not want to do any of it. Yeah. And I read that letter and went, oh, yeah, past Ben's right. Off I go. <laughs> so, so you did it? Yeah, I did it all. I went to the gym. I've, I've done my Saturday reset. I've cleaned the whole flat. I've, I've done a shop. Uh, yeah, it's been really nice. Been really, really nice. nice. So I've had a productive day, to be honest with you. That is 
very productive. I've also written a D&D Spelljammer one-shot for Prince of the Universe. So. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's, uh, yeah, I've done, I haven't, I haven't stopped today, um, but it's been a good, good day for it. Yeah. Yeah, oh good. man, I was going to tell you something. What was it? Oh, I've I've realised what my D and D pet peeve is. Go on. And I think I knew this anyway, but like okay. it's it's really been cemented. Um, it's when you're playing a session and mm-hmm. you're like towards the end, and everyone knows you're towards the end because you have a set time when you end the session. Yeah. And you're doing like the big cliffhanger setup, and it's all dramatic, and someone interrupts you to go, "Sorry, are we uh, are we finishing soon?" Mm, that is a pet. Yeah. Oh God, I hate it. I hate it so much. It ruins the vibe. (laughs) And a close second is when, is when I set up a D and D game and then someone messages me and goes, Hey, can we finish it this time tonight? And I'm like, you've committed to the session in the time frame that I set. No, we'll, we'll finish when I say we're finished. The the bell doesn't dismiss you. I do. (laughs) That's, that's what I've become as a DM. So there you go. There's my, there's my big, uh, really gross. I don't uh, know what toxic mine is now. I, I feel like I need one now. Um, you must have one. Peeve? I will do. I think I. I don't know. You've definitely Cri- got really one. cringy things upset me. And that well, happens like a lot when, in D um, when a player comes to a game with their character and it, it's just a build from one of those YouTube videos. That's yeah, like, something like that. How to play Batman in that upsets D&D. me. Um, normally player things upset me. <laughs> yeah. Like I, because my, my brain just goes, I can make a better character than you. <laughs> that is toxic. Isn't that it? Is... Isn't that vile? Isn't that really bad? Uh, that is, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. Yes. Let's, let's get on with, uh, some D and D stuff. Let's be, let's be toxic about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, as we are, you know, Dungeons and Dragons in general can be a very toxic place. Oh, lots of goo in dungeons. There's mm. lots of mold yeah. and like, yeah, it's Slime. hazardous for your Yeah, very bad. Very bad indeed. Um, today we're talking about cannon, not like the big guns that go boom. We're talking about story cannon mm. and like setting cannon. Yes. And should you stick to it? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about, we were like, we were talking about this a little bit because we kind of got ourselves yeah. into like the zone of the like mood. what we're going to talk about the mood yeah the vibe and you brought up a big thing about like how you've got like at least three different types of cannon yeah. and and all that so let's let's break this down <laughs> fundamentally okay so starting off for a normal person not for, for, for someone in any other setting <laughs> yeah what is canon in D right so i consider it to be there's a setting canon yeah which is uh, the the canon of a setting. Can I actually, do you know what? Because we're going to say the word like 60,000 times, let's, let me just Google what the actual oh, definition like of this. canon a con- is. A confirmation of canon. Uh, yeah. Canon definition. Uh, there we go. Not canon defense. That's a different type. Oh, a large, heavy piece of artillery, typically mounted Terrific. on wheels. Yep. Uh, there we go. Um, <laughs> Perfect. That's definitely what literally, it means. Literally the opposite of what I want. It's canon with one N, isn't it? I don't. Yes, here we go. Sure. It is. So yeah. canon with two N. So C A N O N is the boom canon. For you was the dyslexic on that. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, is the canon of stories. So yeah. it says a general law, rule, principle, or criterion by which something is judged. Ooh. Is criterion as in like criteria, criteria? yeah. I criterion. Think. Plural noun criteria. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Welcome to the lexiconic episode of We Speak On. Uh, a church decree or law, a collection of list or sacred books accepted as genuine, the works of a particular author or artist that are recognised as genuine, uh, the list of works considered to be permanently established as being of the highest quality. So it's got a couple of different meanings, but basically the one we're kind of Looking using at. as our yeah. offshoot is the um, the works of a particular author or artist that are recognised as genuine. It's the recognised as genuine bit. So like the Shakespeare yeah. canon is the example that the definition gives. And what we mean by that is like, what are the things that are considered to be true right. about the story, the setting, the world, whatever. So in my opinion, there's a setting canon. So mm-hmm. if you're playing in Faerun, there is a canon for what is true of Faerun. If you're playing in Eberron, there is a canon for what is true in Eberron. Uh, and so on and so forth. You've put your finger up like you have something to say. There is also no, on that note of setting, there is also edition canon as well because different yes, editions have right. different canon. So that's the second one, right? So yeah. so then what's what's canonically true in edition? Now, some of, the, some of the stuff kind of travels through. So mm-hmm. like it, 
fifth edition and fourth edition are very different yeah and their canons are very different um but most of the time there's an explanation so like the spell plague that transitioned us from fourth edition to fifth edition kind of explains a lot of those changes there are also ones that don't let's bring it up again the old 5e edition of spelljammer your favorite (laughs) it's so different from the second edition in the second edition you've got phlogiston and crystal spheres and all this stuff uh, and the arcane um which i agree it's a silly name seeing as you have arcane items you can't have a race called the arcane but whatever anyway whereas in fifth edition there's no phlogiston there's Mm -hmm. no crystal spheres it's the astral sea Mm -hmm. and there's different races and different rules and things and there's no war or the unhuman wars or the or whatever they're called um but there's no explanation for it yeah we can make one up but as a community but as a community making one up that doesn't count as canon yeah that's our that's our own like that's how we fixed it because we often have to fix things Mm -hmm. once for fuck's sake sorry um it's okay then Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, Second I'm edition does still exist somewhere. Yeah, right here with me. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping it alive. Um, so that's that's setting canon, right? Then there's the edition yeah. canon, and then there's also story canon. In that sense, mm-hmm. I believe that there are modules and adventures that release that deviate from canon in places like mm. in Waterdeep. Jalaxel appears, but then in the old, in maybe in a novel with Jalaxel, he's somewhere say, else. Do you at include the same novels time. in that? Yeah, some of them. Yes, some of them no. Oh, it's really okay. hard to tell. And that makes because based on like when they were released and what was happening right. in the game when it was released. And so, you know Interesting. Having a set canon mm-hmm. for this type of media becomes very difficult. Yes. Um and muddled. Then there is our own personal canon. Now that can be a community's canon of like, well, I've decided that the spell plague is what changed the phlogiston to the astral sea and spelljammer. And the community goes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We're all going to use that. And it's like a widely believed popular canon. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. I'll just, just get rid of the astral sea, put the phlogiston back in. Um, <laughs> or combine the two. It's, it's a topic for another time. Stop, stop, and stop. We will do an episode of that. I'm just, I'm missing the spelljammer mode. Um, then there's my own personal canon. So I am running a game in Faerun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Waterdeep looks very different from the actual right? Waterdeep yeah. because my players are now in charge. God help the citizens, mm. those Waterdavians, but they are. And so that's the canon for our version of Faerun. Yeah. Um, so there's all these different types that exist anyway. Mm. What are your types, Dave? So <laughs> in Eberron, you have a lot. Well, you have one extra, basically, to normal. You have Canon, which with the C, Canon yep. with a K, and then I have right. Dannon, which is Dave's Canon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Uh, I used a lot of Keith Bacon Canon as well which as... Which is Canon with a K, right? Canon with a K, yeah. um, because I like his novels and it has some good stuff in it. So I use a lot of that and his books and stuff I use in there as well. So The reason you've got those two is because Keith Baker created Eberron for Watsy. Correct. Continues to publish stuff for Eberron. It's yeah. his setting. Yeah. And so that is his canon. Yeah. Watsy have deviated when they've released stuff for new editions. Yes, it's not even not that they've deviated. It's that they've just not gone in depth as he has. Right. Okay. Um, You have that a bit too with Faerun. Yeah. Because Ed Greenwood creator of Faerun he's still out there he's still publishing stuff uh, you can buy some great DMs Guild products for the Forgotten Realms I had no idea um, that Ed Greenwood has had an impact on before Candlekeep Mysteries came out mm-hmm. there was a fantastic third party uh, Candlekeep book which I have and we did a whole episode on that Ed Greenwood was a part of nice. and then Watsy went oh that's a good idea that sold well let's make a Candlekeep Mysteries book <laughs> um, and it wasn't as good uh, it was just interesting it was just adventures <laughs> <laughs> yep uh, anyway mm. <laughs> anyway yes let's stop slagging everyone Sorry. off Dave yeah. god why do you bring this out in me usually I'm so so yeah really chilled the all the time yeah I'm like uh, <laughs> <laughs> calm yeah mouth. really calm shut your mouth <laughs> <laughs> There's a what's what are the BBC not they're impartial. Boring, sorry, usually, uh. usually, usually I'm so impartial. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, God, maybe maybe we're in maybe 2023 oh, is the controversial era for I, me. I think God. Maybe. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope not. Me too. Um, so that that but that does exist in other settings, right? Yeah. right? Um, 
what we're going to talk about then is is what you should and shouldn't use or, mm-hmm. or why you should and shouldn't use because really ultimately it's your choice um i personally started when i started playing dnd uh and i didn't have my own setting and i was using like when i very first started like years and years ago like over a decade ago i found a map of forgotten realms with all the place names and just made up my own law for it right of course, makes why me, would you do makes that? Me feel that makes, sick. Makes perfect sense. Why? Makes me feel sick <laughs> now. Um, but that's what I did. Um, that's where I started. Okay. And then I started to learn things, right? And one of the reasons I like Faerun so much is because I've got all that knowledge in my brain and it's why I'm it's so scared of you. going somewhere else because it's simple and nice and it's just there. I'm so mind. excited for you to leave Faerun. Well, once TOA is done. Yeah, I know, right? It's going to happen. I know. Um, so there's that. And then I started running adventures in Faerun and I stuck really closely to the actual lore of Faerun. Really? Um, and the canon. Well, the reason I did that is because I wanted to use, and I've talked about this before, about like dramatic irony. I wanted to use established characters like Jarlaxle, like mm-hmm. Lirial Silverhand, yeah. like, um, I don't know, uh, the, the Xanatha, who's now dead yeah. in my world. Right. Which is weird to say, like, I wanted to stick so close to these characters because yeah. I wanted my players who knew the canon, who knew the law to be like, oh, wow, it's this character. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's that character and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it worked. It, it went really well. But as with any D&D story, you begin to realize if you haven't realized it already, that your players impacts on the world and how they impact the story is what makes D&D so fantastic. Like I could go and write a novel if I wanted to. I don't want to do that. I want to play D&D and I want to play a TTRPG yeah. where my characters have, been, have an impact and change things. Yeah. And so it got to the point where I ripped the bandaid off and I was like, okay, we got to change stuff. But instead of going, ah, oh, sod the canon, let's change stuff. What I did, which I think is the, the best way to do something if you're using a setting that's not your own, even if you're using a setting that is your own, you've built the law. Yeah. Is you take the law, you take the canon, and, you know, when your player goes, hey, I really want to play a Warforged, you go, ah, the Warforged didn't exist in Faerun. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to rewrite the law and change the canon to, to fit them in. No. How about your a sentient golem created by a sorcerer with some wild magic. And it was a mistake. You're not a warforged. You're this instead. Yeah. Or for example, if you've written, um, your own law in your own world, like I have, uh, in the world of car, there are these floating cities that, that have this whole purpose. Two of them fell down to the ground. One of them still up there. There's three of them. And, um, that's like a plot hook. It's like, where's the, where's the third city and all the riches and all the great uh, resource. And when they were sent up, the arcanists put, golems on there uh and shield guardians and things like that to like to basically if you've ever seen laputa i was gonna say that sounds exactly like as on the sky like they go around and they they garden they're not they're not fighters um and so when the cities fell they were all like crushed and destroyed or not um and if the players go to the world and they play in the game and they go to one of these locations and they do certain things and they free the, um, the or they find an old golem and they bring it back to life. Mm-hmm. They can learn the secrets of these sentient beings right, yeah. and reintroduce them into the universe. And then the characters can play our version of the Warforged. Yeah. Um, but in the first adventure, they can't do that because things unlock as you play, right? Yeah. So you build on top of the law you've written. You don't change it to throw it back in. That's my opinion. Yeah. So now I'm in a place where my Waterdeep that I run in, which is our Waterdeep as a party, yeah. uh, is very different and very unique to everyone else's. The, the Xanathar is dead. Long live the Xanathar. He's mm-hmm. in a ring on Kauri's hand, you know? Um, ew. No. I just lost my voice. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sad he's gone. Manchun, one of the Manchun clones who was actually turning good, died. Sorry, gutted. Um, you know, the, the, the black staff has an apprentice who is one of the old characters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of this stuff has changed and affected the world. And, uh, it's, it's so very different from whatever Watsy has going on in their Faerun, yeah. but I've learned to love it for that. Mm-hmm. And I think my advice is, let's just end the episode here, uh, <laughs> use Don't. the Use the cannon as a launching pad. Yes. Whether it's from a setting that you've picked up and you're playing or it's your own cannon that you've built and made, 
Use that as a launching pad and then evolve things. The world should not be static. If you're playing in the same setting for over a decade, like I have been, you don't, uh, you know, I've had others sprinkled around. I'm not, I'm not a prude. Come on. But, you know, um, (laughs) you don't want the same king to be in charge of the same kingdom Mm -hmm. for those 10 years if the players did one adventure where they went in and they dethroned him the next adventure he shouldn't be back in in charge the world needs to evolve that's my opinion on canon as soon as it hits your table it is no longer theirs it is yours and you can mold it and change it yeah agreed 100 agree Okay, I've just you 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 wound me up and let Good, me go. I'm and glad. I just kind of went. I so. like riling you up and getting ready. So, tell me what you think. I agree, pretty much with what you said. However, no oh. oh god. Um, I no, like tell me I, I'm right again. I no, like no, that. no, 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 I, no. You are right, but <laughs> I think the way me and you DM is very different. Anyway, yeah. Um, both of us. I well, I think we're both. But you're a very good DM, and I think I'm a reasonable DM at least. Thank um, you. So I was going to make a snide comment then, but I couldn't wow, think of a good one without uh, without uh, without like getting rid of the just, legitimacy of your comment of me being a good great. DM. I would, so just, I just, I would just, just leave the I would just leave the episode there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm more free with my creativity in the sense of when I look at world, I can go right, that can fit in there, and I just do it. If a player came to yeah. me and they went, I want to do this, I'm like, right, okay, that's fine. I'll work it out. See, I do that too, mm-hmm. but I feel like we have different methods of it because yeah. I feel like you'll be like, hey, player, um, what's your character? And they'll go, oh, I'm from this small hamlet that has this special thing. And you'll go, cool, make that hamlet and I'll put it in my world. Yeah. Whereas I go, hmm, okay, that's an interesting puzzle piece. Where can we put that? Where is this already established? Where can I find a spot to put it? And I don't think it's like my opinion is that that's not being less free. It's just that I ha- I will mold something to fit rather than just throw it in purely because in the past when I've just like gone, hey, make up your Hamlet and I'll add it. I've ended up with, oh, there's a there's a town in the forest that's in the trees and they're all elves yeah, and they do this then. this ancient ritual and I've gone. Oh, this is the uh, this is the plot of of a video game, and they go yes, and I've done my ritual to get my ancient artifact at level one. And I go, yeah, yeah, I see what you're going for here, but no. Um, so I like it comes down to that thing of like I like there to be a box, yeah, color within the line. Here are the lines, color within them, and use that restriction to fuel your creativity. Yeah, um, it's like. When Wesley and I look at the Witcher RPG mm-hmm. and we roll up a character, I go, oh my God, yeah, I get to roll on a life path and it's going to tell me like all of these things I've yeah. done. And then I can use those lines and I can color within them and make this incredible backstory. Whereas Wesley looks at it and goes, oh, you're going to tell me what I did. Yeah, no, exactly. Just right on this blank right. page, I've got all these great ideas. Yeah. Um, so it just like- That is very it, much the, that's a very good analogy for how we think differently. Yes, yeah. I agree. It's like, do you like to have a prompt to work off of or do you not? Yeah. Do you like working off of prompts? Mm. <laughs> uh, You've got to be careful here, Dave, because you are spearheading uh, a community project uh, on the Discord server that's all built on building off of prompts. I can do it. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I noticed something hilarious the other day. Um, uh, don't boycott me for this community. Uh, oh. um, I noticed that I didn't follow one of the prompt rules. <laughs> So Dave, um, Dave is spearheading Project Civitus on the D and D We Speak Common podcast server, where our community is building a setting together. We're building our own world that we can all use and run adventures in and things. And um, the way that works is we generate prompts each week for different locations, yeah. landmarks, things like that, and people then submit their ideas and we vote on them. And the ones that get the highest votes mm-hmm. get get made canon. Yeah. Um, David, you not. Mine's currently winning. Right. Mine's currently winning, and I feel that people haven't noticed that I haven't followed all the rules. Um, Interesting. I, I noticed that um, the the glass sphere that the mm. namesake is meant to be associated with, the fact it's glass, mm. isn't associated with glass in any way, shape, or form. I have mentioned, though, however, that it is made of glass. <laughs> 
Right. Okay. But it's just well, not in the name. I'm going to let that slide, <laughs> yeah. I suppose. It's called no, the, it's but it's called a cool name. It's called the Ecliptosphere, which yeah. is a fucking, a very exciting name. So I need, I need cool. to use it. Do you know anything about my prompt? Did you look at mine? I did. I saw that you had a fighting pit, which was fun. Yep. Uh, I liked your it's name. Where the, it's where the paladins are made. Yeah, I liked your name uh, of yep. it rather than being, everyone's name was very similar apart from yours, which mm. I liked. Um, mine was better though, I think, but you had less time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Great. Cool. Okay. Um, Moving on. But yeah. Anyway. So I, I think coming back to like the, the topic of canon and stuff, if you're one of those people who likes to have that, not direction, like it's not, because I think when people hear, oh, I've got to stick to canon or like, yeah. oh, I've got to paint within the lines. It's like, oh, I've, I'm restricted. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. Like shed that belief and use the canon as that thing that gives you a direction. Yeah. But you can, you can forge your own path right. through the weeds. You don't need to go off and follow the road that everyone that's walks the, down. That's the fun thing. So here's a really good example. So in Waterdeep, for example, let's say, mm. you will run Joel Axel yeah. as written in the book, but you will change his personality slightly, maybe, or something slightly. Um, right? Did you choose? <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> I mean, I, won't, I don't necessarily run him as the book will say, because I rewrite the adventures. Yeah, well, I know that. I will I mean, stick, like, like Joel Axel. Yeah. I won't take the name Joel Axel and make him a completely different person. Right, like, that's he's what not I'm now getting, suddenly yeah. a half-orc barbarian. So, no, he's no, still no, Joel no, Axel I know that. Drow, what I mean you know? is, like, do you, you... And he's still done the things that people know him for. Exactly. You will perceive yeah. him. Everyone who looks at that book will perceive that character slightly differently, more than likely. They'll use him differently, Especially yeah. if they haven't read any of the Drips novels. For sure. Right? So, if I read that book, and I had, I've read some of the Drips novels, but I've not read all of them, you've probably read more than me. Mm. You run that, and I would probably run Jalax all very differently. Yeah. Right? So, they're both still canon. Jalax still has done all those things. However, they are different. Well, yeah, so this is the thing, right? D&D is like that. Everyone's, everyone's own story is we can all play the same adventure and it will be a very different exactly. story at each table that's what makes it so brilliant but i think the way i see this is like if i pick up an adventure and it's got jal axel in it and mm-hmm. i've got no idea who he is or what yeah. he's done i will go and research him yes. so that i have a great understanding of the character so that i can run him well yes. and then i will use that character and do what i want to it basically do what i want with it instead of um Instead of me running an adventure in my homebrew world and going, oh, okay, I need, I need this like swashbuckling thief anti-hero like character. Like I'm going to make something up and here's all of these things I've made up that he's done over the last hundred years. Instead I go, okay, cool. They've given me this really awesome swashbuckling at like thief kind of bad guy ish character yeah. who could be a villain. Um, here's a here's a list of all these cool things he's famous for doing here's like his trope and here's his calling card hmm, my players know all this stuff james for example has read yeah. all of the dritz novels he knows all this shit hmm, okay i'm not going to take that and change it i'm going to take that and go right i'm gonna have a cool moment where jarl axel appears for the first time and james looks at me with those wide eyes of wonder and joy and i'm gonna love that and, I'm, and that's that's gonna give me back 10 years of my life <laughs> and then i'm going to exvert, uh, subvert expectations mm-hmm. and he's going to be more of an anti-hero and he's going to proposition the party and right. we'll work with them and will he won't he deceive them in the end yeah. and oh uh, and like he's still jarl axel and yeah. and i think if you speak to james and i, and I would hope if you would speak to james mm-hmm. He would say, yeah, that's Jal Axel. Like you ran him as Jal Axel. It's the Jal Axel that I knew. But we had all these great encounters with him that no one else would have had with him because you ran him, you you used him in your way. He's still like, he's still the canon Jal Axel. Mm -hmm. He just has a different path from that point on. I think I've not really had character because everyone is a lesser known setting. In mm. 5e especially, uh, compared to Feyrood. Um My players that I've had are less experienced with everyone than I am. Like, mm. I've read all the novels, I'm a huge fan of Keith Baker, um, et cetera, et cetera. So when I bring a character in that I know is very big in the world, no one will understand it apart from me. 
that's that's what i that gives me the fear because i as a as a writer and a storyteller i lean so hard on that like yeah i love that moment and i think if you if you experienced it i have have experienced it before in a homebrew setting because I made a lot when I basically first started DMing. But it's not the same. No, but I know, but then, but it is ish. I've experienced, I know exactly what you mean. I know that feeling. Like that 50 years of history. Yeah, I know. And like when, when, um, oh, what's his name? Um, the Sage of Shadowdale. What's his name? Of course, you know what I did. Uh, the famous wizard. And he, Elminster, when oh. Elminster appeared in our campaign, like the look on James's face, and I was like, yes, give me those 10 years of your life back. It just sounds um, like James is the only one who knows these things, though. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> preaching to the choir. I like, but, 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 but also not because like Joe knew the characters. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. like when we play now, like a character will come up and someone will be like, oh, I know that name. And I'm like, right. Whereas <laughs> if I'm running if I'm running an adventure in my own world, mm-hmm. no one's going to know these NPCs have made them up until we've played in it for like a year and a half. And yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to do, I don't want to do the hard work to get to that good bit. I just want the good bit. Yeah. Um. And I lean on that because there's a weight to like, it's not nostalgia, but it's close it to it. It is almost. Yeah. I get what you there's mean. There's a weight to like recognition, re- uh, recognizing these people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do lean on that sometimes because it's it's powerful and it's like there's that that awe inspiring moment. Interesting. But okay, I say that I don't lean on it. I don't do it every session. No, no. Obviously, we've talked about there's an episode yeah, no, about running it and named yeah, NPCs yeah, yeah. before, and I've talked about how that's like a thing that I've used as a crutch before, and I'm excited to not use it. I'm also terrified to not use it, and that's why I should. That's do why it. I'm excited for it because mm. I don't run like that, and I'm excited to see you. Not run like that, but I feel like you've you've seen me not run like that because yeah, we no, play I have TOA. Yeah, yeah. Like no, like, okay, like, you've I, got, like I worded that wrong. This is just me yeah. going to be arguing with you all to the session now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel that I want to see you in a setting where you're not comfortable, and that sounds really mean. No, I get it, but I want to see you step that in somewhere up new. next. Yeah, yeah, right. I think I have faith in my abilities that when I run Odyssey of the Dragon Lords, for example, mm-hmm. complete new setting, no one's ever played yeah. it before, I will make it feel as grand and important and homely and, like, I'll be able to do all of that. The only thing that will be missing is, like, that moment when we unveil that the villain is, oh, it's someone you know, you know, like, yeah. that moment. This, so the, you'll get this other thing, and you probably experience this when you run your homebrew world, is mm. you'll get this thing where players like, oh, my God, that's really cool or like yeah oh my god that i need to write this down somewhere i don't just know mm. this knowledge like i need mm. to put, make a note of this i that's when i get satisfaction from more well, than the other i thing. get that from rewriting things yeah right and that's why i build on top of the yeah. canon like you come into toa now and there's so many different things from the adventure because i've done that rewriting mm-hmm. i've done that prep work and that's where that comes from for me yeah but again that goes back to it that canon being a launch pad yeah not a Oh, I have to stick by it. Yeah. What about There's like wrong to sticking with it though? What we about, should say that too. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I stick. I think. Well, I don't. But uh, <laughs> I think I stick to law canon heavily. So, like, what do you mean by that? When I say law canon, I think like religions, um, right? Like structure. Yeah, like history, um, civilization structures, and then like the cultures, religions, things like that. I stick to that heavily because that's why I love the setting and I wouldn't change that in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because why run the setting, just run a homebrew if you're going to change those things, in my personal opinion. Well, that's my opinion too, is like if you're going to run something that has its own canon and story, you should use at least some of it. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise, you're just, why not just run your own homebrew? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and I think some people would say, I don't, I don't agree with this, but I think some people would say, oh, well, if you've changed anything from the canon, then it's your own homebrew version. But like, no, I'm still in, I'm still in the Forgotten Realms. It's just it's, that, yeah, it's still the world. Xanathar is, uh, is actually a giant snake, not a beholder. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, I don't, I don't know why I picked giant, giant snake. snake. Imagine that would be excellent. Um, mm. So, on that note, yeah, your water deep is very different. My Sean is also very different. It is currently mm. officially to my canon. Mm. In uh, ruins, the yeah, the Dannon. 
Denon, that's all I can get in my head now. <laughs> I need to say it, otherwise it would be stuck in my brain. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, it's, I mean, it's Ameri- in the Americans aren't going to get that probably. No one's uh, going to no, no pick that no. up. No. <laughs> Someone needs to get that joke. Hey, um, hey, Dave, 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 Dave. What are uh, what are Mario's overalls made of? No, I don't know. Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, your shan is in ruins. It's in ruins because uh, the place is messed up and uh, a cult blew it up. So yes, and which is which is your canon? That's your version. Yeah, and it's currently being yeah. rebuilt. Uh, or part of it. It's fine. But yeah, it's like so. Shan is canon. Mm. So the the fact it is Shan. In Eberron yep. and it's the it's same, in it's Brayland. the same map, yeah. it's the same places, locations. The difference yeah. is that there is a tower that's been destroyed and uh, I've renamed one of the restaurants. That's the difference. <laughs> How? I How know. dare you? That's literally the difference. How could you, I know. Like I use, <sighs> so my NPCs are all named NPCs within the city. Um, yeah. I added a couple in there. That's about it. That, apart from that, it's canon. I feel like we're on a very similar... Yeah, wavelength. Like, wavelength, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. We know exactly. We're, we're, we're doing the same things. We're saying the same things. Yeah. Um, the, there is one thing I've changed about... And, and actually, I change about every single canon um, for every game and world I play in. And that's that uh, at least once a campaign... I mean, this last campaign's been going on for, like, seven years. Yeah. So it's probably, probably happened a long time ago. But at least once every campaign, you walk into a tavern and you see someone playing a game of uh, castles and catacombs and they're rolling dice. Now, if you too want to roll beautiful dice when you're playing games such as the the illustrious and well-known castles and catacombs, the the realm's most famous role-playing game, then uh, why not head over to the description of this this episode and head to the Dice Dungeon. They are wonderful people. Uh, ben and Dave work really, really hard. Not me and Dave, who so are on this episode right here. Uh, ben and Dave, the two guys that run Dice Dungeon. Actually, when when me and Dave mm, met Ben and Dave in the flesh, yes. the universe imploded yeah, and we had to go on this long quest to, to reset it and start it again, yep. which is why you all lost an hour. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you look back, you'll see that you have. Um, <laughs> It took us that long to work, uh, work it all out. But anyway, we just turned it on and off again. Ben and Dave at the Dice Dungeon, they are uh, really genuine nice guys and they have been going for uh, about as long as this podcast now, I think, actually. Uh, making, not making, but um, uh, selling these beautiful uh, D&D dice sets. They're made of resin, of metal, of glass. They have uh, like cheaper, more uh, affordable sets. They have uh, these grand premium sets of dice that are the ones that like, they're the ones that I get out to like impress girls. Interesting. Uh, if, if, yeah, you wonder why I'm single. <laughs> if you want to get your hands on some really nice dice for your next D&D game, head over to their website, have a look, just go through their catalogs. Uh, they also sell things like the books you need to run D&D. They sell dice rolling trays to keep them nice. And uh, my actual favorite thing, the most recent thing I got is one of the dice rolling scrolls. So it rolls up as a nice yeah. scroll and uh, you keep your dice in it and then you unroll it and you roll on it like a mat. And it's, oh, it's my favorite thing. Um, they've got loads of stuff going on. You're supporting great guys and you're getting great dice. Dice Dungeon, link below. You can use the code COMMON at checkout. You'll get 10% off your entire order. Uh, we're also brought to you in partnership with our wonderful friends over at Describes, but D-S-C-R-Y-B. Describe is the one-stop shop for things. If you're not very good at, uh, you know, painting the picture with your words, they've got professional writers, people who do it for a living, writing box text, just like the box text you know and love that you can use in any game. They describe places, monsters, uh, spells, magic items, scenes. There's stuff you can read out as a player if you want help fleshing out the way your combat looks when you're, you know, you don't want to just say I swing my sword and hit or I cast magic missile. You want to really paint a picture. Uh, And there's stuff that you can use as the DM too. There's over nine thousand nine and a half thousand scenes right now available and 500 of those are free for you to go and use and look at right now if you follow the link below you can go and check those out and if you want to get full access you want to be involved in the community they've got their own servers they do giveaways they've got maps and music and all these collaborations it's a really great place to go and get the uh, the brain gears moving when you're building stuff uh, then subscribe and use the code common at checkout You'll get 10% off every month for the first two years that that subscription remains active. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful service. Uh, You can check all that information in the description of this episode below. Um, And also, 
Hey, if you want to support us directly rather than going through the middlemen, you can. We've got a patron. That's below too. Gets you access to the Discord server. We'll tell you more about it at the end of the episode. So, um... That was disgusting. Just to let you know. The, I mean, the, oh, well, the, the episode transition. was excellent, but the transition was awful. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, that is true, though. I, I, do, I do hide a copy of Castles and Catacombs in every single I, game I run. I don't think I've experienced that yet, right? No. I don't think you have, no. no. I don't think you have. Like I say, this session's been going on, this campaign's been going on for a long time, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> it happened a yeah, long, long time ago. Um, yes, so, uh, Canon, then. What, let's, let's give some advice on, like, how to pick and choose yes, whether you're, you're that, keeping because Canon. Because we want how, uh, <laughs> How do you do that? How do you decide what you do and don't want to use? So my basic guideline would be look at the world and say, I like this as a whole. Yeah. So normally I personally would go for history, religion, culture, <clears throat> names for places, um, and then just like a basic outline for those locations. So for example, in Sean uh, we have uh, it's Brayland, which is a country. It's got these restaurants. It's got these towers. These people are in it. This religion is there. Done. Mm. And then, if I want to add things, I can. I like that. For me, what I do is, um, and again, I haven't done this in a long time because I've I've been running in kind of mm-hmm. the same locations. Yeah. But uh, let's say, for example, what's one I don't know a lot about. Uh, so I know bits about. Um, where are the Red Wizards of Fae from? Fae. Fae. There we go. <laughs> Where are the Red Wizards um, of Fae from? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, need, I need some tea. I, I have a, you're on that note, once you finish this, I have a good example for this, what you're about to expand on also. Thank you. You're very welcome. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Red Wizards of Fae. So I know bits about Fae. Yeah. Like, for example, in the back of my mind, I know that it's broken up into districts. I know that it's like a, a mount kind of place like it's like i imagine it's like a spiraling mount um there's a reason to this in uh, underneath they in like i don't know if it's a dungeon or like chambers whatever there's like a demon that's locked away that's trying to get out like i know these like weird bits of info but i've never run a game in they so i've never looked into it so let's say for example tomorrow dave goes ben i really want to play a red wizards of they campaign you're gonna run it for me off you go and i go yes of course daddy dave off i go I, Interesting. I say that. I say that because it makes him feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll do anything you want, Dave. Yes, of course. Let me no, go. Tell and me this, it. and then I'll be like, "You're running an Everon campaign, Nevin, and that's final." <laughs> so what I would do is I would go to that location, not physically, obviously. That's a lot of magical power, but it. mentally, via astral projection, I would mm. go and I'd look at it. So I'd look at the threads. I'd look at the wikis. I'd look at the lore. What, what I have in books locally. What I have, you know, online that people have shared. Like I go and I, I research, basically. Come. I'm a little librarian and I start reading and that's the hardest bit because especially with something like Eberron that's so in depth or like Thay that's been around for so long there's a lot to read but you just you just put the hours in and you do it and you get a good understanding yeah and there's a point that it's different for everyone but there becomes a point where you've got enough and some people get it wrong they go oh I've got enough to run this now and they haven't Mm -hmm. and it's like it's not got enough depth yeah some people go oh I've got I I haven't got enough I need more when really they know the last 20 years worth of history and they don't need any more than that because they're running a three session campaign like come on um so I do that I do the research and I get to that point depending on how much I need to know what I need to know or how much I feel I need to know and once I've done that, I'll I'll know through that research, like, oh, this event happened and it's really cool. Or this thing happened in 4th edition and, and technically it's still canon, but I don't really care for it. Uh, oh, this thing happened. Or, oh, there's this person that died in the adventure that was published last year. So I'm going to set it before that because mm-hmm. I want that person in the adventure. Or I'm just going to, like, forget that adventure ever happened. Yeah. Like, just get rid of it. Um. So, for example, with Arfe Rune, it's set in the year 1492. Um, But if you actually go by the canon of the world, TOA happened years ago. uh, It is now happening now in our world. Same with tyranny. So we've like moved things around. Just on that topic of date. Yeah. um, Is there like a not a set like date in Faerun of when all this is happening? They're all happening at different times. 
no, there is. So um, there is a, a calendar uh, in Faerun in Forgotten Realms. Each year has a name, like the year of the swanning duck okay. or whatever. Yep. They all have weird names. Um, the year of the blue flame is one of the ones I remember because it's like the year of Spelljammer. Uh, Spelljammer. Um, uh, 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 what's it called? The Spell Plague. Okay. God, there's so many made up words in my brain, Dave. Uh, it hurts. I know. So, um, you can go and you can look up like what years were and what happened. So Dragon Heist is set in 19, uh, 1492. And I liked that year. And I liked that, that the way things were in that year yeah. and where things were politically in the world. And I was like, I'm going to use that as my base point. So okay. we are playing in the tail end of the summer of 1492. Okay. Um, but the published adventures have a timeline. So tyranny of dragons fed into uh the storm giant one what's it called against the giants whatever it's called uh yeah storm king thunder that's it thank you um which then led into whatever came next which then led into whatever came next which then led into you know the differences the ones that stick out are things like uh curse of strad because it's set in barovia yeah so you can play that adventure and you can reappear at whatever time you want because yeah. you can set it whenever you want because uh, you go to a different plane. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think, uh, what are we up to now adventure-wise? Uh, the the Fae one, Wild Beyond the Witchlight, happens in the Fae, so it probably doesn't count to the timeline. So the last one that would have counted into the timeline would have been Frostmaiden. Right, yeah. Um, really interesting because there are there is an aspect of potential time travel in that adventure. Oh. We won't get into it because there's potential spoilers, but um, feeds into how I think, how I think they're going to reset and move on to their new edition, that's which isn't a new edition. It's just one D&D. We need to talk so, about that at some point. Uh, that's interesting. We're together um, Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, what was I saying? Yeah. So we, we, <laughs> we diverged because I was saying like, I'd pick, I'd maybe run it yeah, before, yeah. but yeah. So you get to that point where you find the information that you need to find. So I've now got enough about Faye. Now I can write my adventure and I have enough canon that already exists yeah. that I know I like and I don't like to feed into yeah. my adventure that I'm writing that I'm going to run. And therefore the Faye becomes my Faye. Yeah. T-H-A-Y, not F-E-Y. Um, it becomes my version of Faye. That's then canon for me in my world that's how i do it and that and i i think that works it takes time but that gives me enough of a of, of that launch pad so that when the characters play the game and they go well why does everyone believe this why yeah. does everyone do this thing why do they think this i can go well it's because three years ago there was this big riot because this guy did this and said this yeah. now i i might have made that up or i might have taken it from the law or well, even if you've made it up you probably use established law to come to that decision yeah exactly question on this topic just yeah um does they have any actual published content from previous editions or in general uh <laughs> um i want to say yes i think there is okay With, uh, without going and looking i'm pretty sure i mean there's things like uh dead in Thay is an adventure yeah. um there's uh that includes the fey wizards i don't know off the top of my head of any adventures that take you to fey i think there probably are some especially especially probably like how old will it be how i'm just trying to think what edition ed greenwood released forgotten realms maybe third maybe second end of second i don't know something like that so there probably is an adventure that goes to to Thay, but because the Red Wizards of Thay have been antagonists, or yeah. at least a a a part of canon in Forgotten Realms yeah. for so many years, there's so much information about where they come from. Yes. Even if you haven't been there, there's enough. This is what I was going to say. So, um, there are also really great third party content books yeah. written by Ed Greenwood that. Then flesh well, there we go then. So, so that's Enon. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what I was saying Gr- no no <laughs> no it would be Granon because it's green no because Keith, Keith is canon the K there was Enon yeah, Enon's, Enon's funny I, I, anyway. I prefer Granon okay, it's more fine. funny it was Enon uh, fine <laughs> moving on what I was actually trying to get at was um, if you want to use established law 
but there mm-hmm. isn't any uh, specific law on an area, you can build that Make area up. exactly, but you use it by building up that thing. Like I have built up, there's a um, a lot of Eberron hasn't been built on because it's quite a new setting compared to everywhere else. Um, and there's not been much release stuff apart from in third edition and 3.5, I think they released some. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Eberron, there is a city, oh, sorry, a nation uh, of monstrous people called Drum. I've probably talked about it before. Um, and Probably. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I was one about a lot. Yeah, I talk about it a lot. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I built up in my world cities for each of these places by using novel information from, from some of the novels uh, mm. and just general bits and bobs that they mentioned in the books. There's, I, like, I've made maps of it. I've made built up that, like the full hierarchy, created warlords. Etc. Etc. Just because I knew the region from reading it, I've been in the region because I've read the novel. Yeah, I like that, and I I think, I mean, when you're starting to create stuff, you're then you know you're flexing different muscles. Yeah, but it, it's it's good to link your stuff in. Like yeah, if you're right? like if you're adding an island into a peninsula that already exists, and that peninsula has cannon, don't just have it as like oh yeah and there's that island over there but yeah, we, yeah exactly well, we don't worry about them yeah like link it into the canon if there was a war between all of these islands in this peninsula then include this new island that you've made yeah and build it into the canon add on to the canon use it as a launching pad yeah like, see? I, see it makes sense yeah, it does Dave. make sense like i wouldn't if i had an established world and i had no information about a place at all i just had a name and like one thing i'll be like i don't want to touch this because yeah. I don't want to do it wrong, and someone else may have a different idea to me playing in this setting. Do you know what I mean? Do you need I mean, that yeah, building I mean, block to do that? I think, like, if you did a homebrew world, it's different because it's your homebrew world. Yeah. If it was in an established setting, and people may have their own opinions of it who are going to be players, yes, that happens, say, in yours. However, you need those building blocks to link it together as a group. But don't. Be afraid of getting it wrong. No, no. No, because not at all. Ultimately... It's your setting. It's all, yeah. Even if you're using a, a, a established setting, yours is different from everyone's anyway, so... Oh, but my everyone is fucking miles different from a lot of people's, I can tell you that. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's tricky. It is what, very hard. What is, what is canon, really, comes down to who you are yeah. as a dungeon master. Um, and, and the stories that you're telling, which ultimately is the truth behind a lot of D and D stuff in general. Um, so yeah, staying true to it has its benefits, but it has its benefits when you know how to add on top of it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's where I stand. Like deviating isn't a bad thing. Not at all. No. If you build it together and you really think about it yeah, properly. Just make sure you establish what your canon is and then build off that canon. Do you think you can get it wrong? No, not all. Not all. I think you could get it wrong in a canonical sense, as in that this is the word of written law. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, and I've done, I've messed up things before and gone, um, Yes, that is the case, because you should stick to your guns. And yeah, so I'm a big believer that you shouldn't retcon things. Yeah. So, like, you know, let's say you've gone to a city and you go, oh, yeah, this city doesn't have any mines, and then you find out there's a really big famous mine right? underneath. And yeah. like, oh, God, I missed, I forgot this thing, and oh, what should I do? Just roll with it. Evolve yeah. it. Yes, and. Fix it, but do it right. <laughs> Don't Great go advice. back. Don't go back. Go forward. Great advice. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think like if you're, I mean, if, if you're running anything, you should do your research. You should do your due diligence. It's part of, that's part of prep. But I think if you are in the game and someone goes, oh, I thought there was a thing here. You can say, uh, there might be, but it's not relevant. Or in your example, you could be like, oh yeah, it got caved in by an explosion. Yeah. 
and and roll with it and i yeah. i hate that idea of like I, my, I personally hate that idea of if i say something it then becomes a law and i forget about it or i get it and then i find out i don't like <laughs> the law that i've laid down because i've been riffing yeah but that's the challenge of being a dm i don't yeah. think that's probably i'm gonna add that episode to my topic list cool. like what to do when you when you lay down uh-huh. law and then you um realize you don't like it because uh, that's a whole other topic but yeah i don't know i think what do you think then? i'm trying to i'm trying to i'm trying to articulate it in a way that makes sense i don't think you can get it wrong no. even if you if you say something that's not typically true yes because of all of the things we've already said yeah i Agreed. mean sure there will be some obvious things like Ah, oh, we're going to we're going to go to Candlekeep, and you go yes, Candlekeep, that great military fortress. And the player goes, I thought it was a library. And you go, ah, yes, <laughs> yes, Candlekeep, that great military fortress that has a library. Like, yeah, fine, you can go, you've you can change it, it slightly. Someone yeah, if if you've built your adventure, yeah, yeah, if you've built your adventure and you've built your story, and in that story you need. Candlekeep to be a military fortress, great. Yeah. Call a military fortress. Worst case scenario, you can always go, hey guys, let's take a quick five minute break while I go get some tea and you quickly read the Wikipedia page and you go, ah, ah okay. And you scrumble something together, you can, but you shouldn't feel like you have yeah, to do that. You can build on anything. Any Most things you, you say in passing, you can build on that and fix it. Yeah. Like, worst like, case scenario, event, yeah. like, oh yeah, there was an explosion in the mine. Mine's closed. Oh, there's a army currently stationed at Candlekeep. Because there's a war going on somewhere, blah 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 blah. Or like they're traveling yeah, through. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, can just and waffle more, and it fixes things. <laughs> you just have to be careful about what you say because you don't want to put your foot further in the mud. But my my thing is like worst case scenario, you can always say to your players later, okay, um, I got something slightly wrong. Here's the actual reason the army was there. Um, or if you, okay, let's use that example. Candle keeps a military fortress with a library now. And they mm. go, I thought it was the library. You go, oh yeah, the NPC you're talking to um, is, is uh, you know, a big fan of the general. And he's like, he's taken over Candlekeep. It's now his military fortress. And then when they get there and they're like, hey, general, why are you here? He can be like, I'm not going to talk to people who aren't part of the army about army yeah. secrets. And you can just kind of bat it away as much as possible. Yeah. And then tell them later when you've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a genuine no, te- no, it uh, technique. Yeah. Okay, we've just been summoned by our by our friends for a D&D session, so we're going to wrap things up now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that was We Speak Common. My apologies. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining me. Do you know what? I had a great time tonight, Good. and um, I think the takeaway is do what you want. Do, you know what? You do you, world. But do it sensibly. Yes. That's my advice. Okay. Let's continue discussion on the server because I think lots of people will uh, turn around and be like, uh, well, here's what my world looks like and yeah. why I did it. I'm intrigued. Uh, if you want to come... Mm. Yeah, I am actually too, very. Uh, if you want to come and be part of that conversation, there's a link below to join the We Speak Common Discord server. Uh, do it. You'll be a commoner. You can join in with the chats in the episode discussion section in the common room. And if you want to get full access, you can join our Patreon. That gets you access to the main hall where uh, only the patrons can uh, can sit and chat and talk about secret things. We have things uh, like the uh, community project where we're building a setting together. We have uh, regular events. We have... Uh, what else do we have? God, there's so much so going on at the moment. We have advice channels. We have the advice channels, character creation channels, channels homebrew channel. Oh my God. Yeah, we're channels. talking about critical role. Yeah. We're talking about memes. God, so uh, memes. Oh, God, artwork. So much stuff. Artwork that are amazing patrons draw. I love oh, it. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Please um, come and join yeah. us. Have a laugh. It's a great place to be, um, and I'm so proud of uh, proud of it as as a community. So if you want to join that, the link to the Patreon is in the description below. Dave, thank you for coming and chatting Thanks, today, Canon, and Dannon, and Canon, and Benon, and Canon, and, 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 and all the other types of Canon that exist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, go and uh, tell our friends that we're going to play D and D with them now. Okay, I bye. need to make a cup of tea. All right. Love you. Bye. Uh, love, 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 love. for listening to the We Speak Common podcast network. 
If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review on your platform of choice and share us with a friend or D&D group near you. If you'd like to directly support the network in the production of new shows like the one you heard today, head to the description of this episode or our social media pages for a link to our Patreon page. You can connect with the show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at We Speak Common. The network theme is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is held under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. (laughs) 